Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCready, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCready. On today's episode, we take a fresh look at what it means to prove hell wrong when it comes telling its lies about our Father. Take a listen. I hope it helps you and provokes you further into your personal process. Here we go. Hey, everybody. I'm glad that we're back together today here on Tent Talk. I'm thinking that over our next couple of podcasts, I want to focus in on a very strategic statement that God made to me. And this is how it goes. Explosions of truth will bring implosions of strongholds. Let me say it again. Explosions of truth will bring implosions of strongholds. And in this, we can refer to a very familiar passage of Scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. There's almost nobody that teaches on strongholds that doesn't refer to this. But I want to really provoke you to blow off the familiarity that maybe you've had with this particular scripture. And let's look at it in a new and fresh way. Because whenever there's going to be an implosion, if you've ever seen an implosion of a building, maybe a very large stadium or a multi-level building, uh, a multi-storied building, something like a skyscraper, and you've watched it in amazement that it could be standing so close to other buildings and structures or that it could be just massive in its size and that by one push of a button that the whole thing implodes on itself and yet it doesn't even touch anything next to it. So watching an implosion, what you're really doing is you're watching a controlled collapse of a structure. And probably some of the structures that you and I are looking at, the strongholds of our life, are pretty substantial in size. And so the implosion is not a reckless explosion. It's a controlled collapse. And so it's very important that we recognize how God is doing this, but how he must have our full cooperation in it. Because to be honest with you, we built them and we're going to have to be a part of tearing them down. We built those strongholds in our independence towards God. And so if you will, listen to this very familiar passage of scripture, but why don't you say a prayer and say, Holy Spirit, blow off the familiarity and bring in the fresh revelation to me that I need right now in my life to deal with maybe some massive thinking that is working against what you're actually trying to do in my life. So maybe you should pray that right now as I'm reading this scripture. All right, it's in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says, For though we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. 
inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Now, I've just read that out of the Amplified Classic. There is so much here that I want to share. So... Listen up, okay? I want to try to squeeze this in, and I want you to listen carefully. You know, we are at war, but we cannot war according to the flesh. We cannot war just trying to have some new intellectual thinking or just generally renewing the mind with a little bit of a positive attitude to replace maybe a negative attitude that we've had. We are those who are at war. We are not at war with ourselves. We are no longer at war with God. Uh, And we must recognize that according to what the scripture teaches us, that we are at war with powers and principalities. And oftentimes we're boxing the air and we're fighting things and we're swinging wild, but we never feel like we actually land the punch. And sometimes that's because We're not actually fighting the right fight, and we're not using the weapons that God has given us, and maybe we haven't really fully engaged our own will to take the responsibility that we need to, to cooperate with what God is uh, looking to do in us and for us. But he never does it in spite of us, against our will, where he would violate our will. He invites us into such a depth of cooperation that sometimes it's just amazing uh, the part that he does allow us as a free people uh, to begin to walk in. So we also have to make the decision when we realize we are at war, and we're going to get a lot more clarity on this war, is that we have to make sure we don't resent the war. Because sometimes we just think, really, how much longer am I going to have to fight this? You do, I have to renew my mind every day. You know, and so sometimes what happens is we don't really engage in the war with sharpness and clarity. We resent the war. And so we give up and we walk away. But let me just tell you this, that those powers and principalities, they don't walk away. That's why they'll come and dominate you. The more lax you become, the more lazy you become, they will come in in a more subtle way and they will gain territory over you through our own apathy, through our own complacency, through our own ignorance, through our own fleshly resistance, to our absolute total Uh, lack of dependency upon Holy Spirit, and it'll just keep taking territory. And then one day you wake up and, and oh my goodness, it's so bad. And then you try to, you know, rally yourself again. But we want to be those who begin to walk more consistently in this. And so what can begin to happen is the fog begins to lift off the battlefield. And I'm hopeful that that's some of what will happen in these next couple of podcasts as we look at what it means for explosions of truth to bring implosions of strongholds. We want to be those who live according to what God can do through our will, through our decisions. The fact that God has set us free and he wants us to participate with him and willingly begin to fight that fight of faith and begin to be a part of 
uh, cooperating with him at new depth so that we can begin to walk out of those strongholds and listen carefully, walk out of those strongholds of our independence from him where we tried to handle all those things of life and we begin to walk in greater depths and greater measures of dependency upon him. So... This is where we look at in the scriptures that it's so powerful to me when we look at these places in the scriptures, like when God had to say to me, you know, if I would beg him and I was tortured by certain thoughts and I would be like, God, please take these thoughts from me. They're coming so fast and so furious. God, please take these thoughts from me. And one day he said to me, he said, Nancy, I have given you a new mind. I have given you authority you take these thoughts captive. Now, how many of you know sometimes when you want somebody else to do something for you and they say to you, well, I think it's time for you to begin to step up in your maturity and in your authority. And you're like, oh, really? Who asked you? And you're so agitated, okay, because you're struggling so. How many of you know that when God said that to me, it didn't really sound that great to me? And I'm like, oh, really? What am I going to need to do? Because when he was saying this to me, this was God truly raising me, truly giving me his breed of comfort. And when I felt the pitchfork in my hind parts and he said to me, Nancy, it's time for you to begin to take authority over these thoughts. I knew that I was getting ready to mature. So it's important that we realize that if there's going to be explosions of truth that bring implosions to strongholds, that there have to be explosions of truth. And even when God spoke to me and said, Nancy, it's time for you to take authority, that was an explosion of truth inside of me. It was, um, you know, when they do implosions of buildings, it may take, depending on the size of the building, it may take months to place strategically placed packages of dynamite in the bulwarks and in the strongholds of that building. They don't put the dynamite by the windows or by the doors. They put them near the pillars and the post that are holding up that whole structure. And they have to strategically place them. It takes time. It takes coordination. All right. Again, depending on the size of the structure. And so it could take months to get those packages of dynamite just in the right place. And so this is a part of what God does in us, is he begins to place truth at the bulwarks of those um, strongholds. So for me, when he spoke to me that day, he was putting (laughs) a package of dynamite at a bulwark of my immaturity, at the bulwark of my being a victim, and I need somebody else to show up and do this for me. And boom, that that truth began to go off, and it set off a series of explosions as time went by. And there is a place in these scriptures that I read earlier that we begin to see a pattern where it says that we are those who may walk in the flesh, but we do not carry on our warfare according to the flesh or just mere human weapons. It says the weapons of our warfare are not physical. 
But they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. It says, inasmuch as we refute arguments, theories, reasonings, every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. So maybe you see that there is a pattern there, that it's we who must refute, and that it is we who must come against arguments and theories. Now listen, God begins to identify for you what some of the arguments are that go on inside of you, some of the theories that you've believed, some of the vain imaginations, the false philosophies, but especially the one where it says that all of these things, all right, that have set themselves up against the true knowledge of God. Because how do we know which arguments to refute? How do we know which lofty and proud things to deal with? Well, it's all of those that are exalting themselves. They are uh, going against the actual knowledge of God. It's going against, listen, the knowing of God himself. So that's going to be the focus. You could pray right now and say, Holy Spirit, begin to show me where there are strongholds, proud strongholds of thought that are actually operating within my soul against God himself within me. So that's something that you could be praying right now because Holy Spirit knows where there are places that uh, it might be something that seems as simple as a stronghold of thought that says, I'm not really sure that God loves me. Or maybe it's as simple as, I think God loves other people more than he loves me. Look at how he's blessing them. Look at what they're, how they're living and look at me. I'm over here and uh, I look everything but blessed and everybody else to me looks blessed. Everybody else looks shiny and sparkly. It looks like everything just works perfectly for everybody else, but not me because I'm not really sure that God is for me. All right, now do you see how just simply having a belief that God does not love me or he does not love me as well as he loves other people? Do you see that that is a stronghold of thought? That is a theory. That is a a vain imagination. That is a proud and lofty thing that is exalting itself above the knowledge of God. Because we know that the scripture says that God loves each one, that he is not one who is a respecter of persons, and yet lodged within your soul could be a deep thought that you may be ashamed of. You may try to, you know, keep it down, you know, but whenever difficult circumstances come up, man, it shoots up to the surface like a submarine. It comes crashing to the surface because it just hounds you. And it's been there for a long period of time. And no matter how much Bible study you do, uh, no matter how much you try to tell yourself, you know, I know God loves me. I know God loves me. No matter how many people from church show up and tell you, no, we love you. We love you. Nothing seems to touch that stronghold. And so it has to be dealt with according to what God is saying. It says that we must refute 
these things. Now, let me just talk to you just for a minute. We've seen our target. We're after thoughts that keep exalting themselves above the knowledge of God. Okay? But now here is a part of, now how do we do that? Well, this word refute, it says in verse 5, in as much as, now that means to the measure that you do this, what I'm getting ready to talk to you about, in as much as, to the measure that you, okay, nobody else can show up and do this for you. Nobody else's responsibility. It says in as much as, to the measure that you refute these uh, arguments, theories, thoughts that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. That's how much destruction there's going to be. That's how much deliverance there's going to be, is to the measure that you refute these arguments. Now, here is what this word refute means, one of its major meanings. This word refute means to prove wrong by evidence. Oh, I love this. To refute means to prove wrong by evidence. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady. So do we understand when we hear this definition refute that when an old thought a stronghold of thought that says that God doesn't love me like he loves other people, or I'm just second rate and I'll never really be in the in crowd. I'll never be one of those highly favored people. You know, I've just got to settle for what I can, you know, eke out on my own or whatever those thoughts are that come to you and you know what they are. If you don't, again, ask Holy Spirit to show you. But when those thoughts come, and remember, they're normally going to come when pressures come, when difficulties come, when um, uh, trouble makes its way to your house, when you're feeling depressed and the funk is coming all over you. You know, these don't usually come on the days when the sun shines really bright and everything seems wonderful. Strongholds are... Uh, the ha- I call strongholds the house that pain built. We usually had to run into these strongholds, into these fortresses, when things were difficult, when there was pain, when there was rejection, when there was lack, when there was shame, all of that. And so guess what? Today, when those same kinds of situations come, where do we run? We run to the stronghold of our flesh. We run into the stronghold of protection that we've built over the years. We may love God. We may be born again. We may be in ministry. We may be a leader. We may be wealthy. We may have great status, but when trouble comes, we find we run right back into this thinking. And maybe it comes in the form of, I knew this was going to happen. This always happens. I'm always going to be the one that's, you know, at the end You know, really, I think I really am the tail and not the head. And so, boom, man, it just all starts to unfold. And when those thoughts begin to stream in, maybe flood in, then our emotions get triggered. Because remember, 
Emotions follow thinking, okay? Emotions follow thinking. So you may be much more aware of the avalanche of the emotions that begin to hit you when a stronghold gets ignited, okay? But it is because there is a thought that those emotions are attached to. And Holy Spirit wants you to see the thinking that is exalting itself above the knowledge of your Father, that is exalting itself above the knowing of Jesus Christ, that's, that's putting itself at a higher level in your life, all right? It's getting top billing in your life against the Holy Spirit. It is going to say that it is true no matter what the Bible says, no matter what God has spoken to you, and it comes to just completely take over in those heated moments, maybe of disappointment or trouble or uh, being rejected again, whatever the case may be. But what does it say here that we are to do when all of this is flaming, flaming out inside of us? is that we must, we must refute these things. We must say, hold up just one minute. I'm about to prove you wrong by evidence. I'm not going to be wishing and hoping. Remember, my friends, wishing and hoping is not the same as fighting. And we don't fight with mere human weapons or mere human faith or mere human wishing. We fight with the weapons of our warfare given to us by God to the destruction, not to the maintaining of strongholds, not trying to manage strongholds, to destroy them. And inasmuch as you and I are willing to prove these lies wrong with evidence, then we will begin to see those strongholds coming down, we will then begin to see the pain and the difficulty that's inside the stronghold that's still there. Because if it's been inside a stronghold, it hadn't been healed. It hasn't been taken care of. It's been in there festering all that time. But now that the stronghold is coming down, now we get to decide as the free people of God, I'm taking that pain to God and I'm going to let God deal with everything within me, because that's the whole reason to bring the stronghold down, is so that I can get myself to God, let him take care of me, so he and I can get up and get on with living. But we must take the responsibility to do the refuting, all right, to do the proving wrong by evidence, that when that lie comes to say, God doesn't love me, I say, let me tell you how I say it, when the jealousy of the Father begins to get birthed in you really deep, this is how you'll start talking. Is Let me tell you what, hell, you're not going to keep coming here inside of me and talk about my Father like that. He loves me. He sent Christ to die for me when I didn't even know him. He has taken care of everything. He has required more of himself than he will ever require of me. He chose me out before the foundations of the world. He picked me out in Christ. He has wanted me, planned for me, loved me to the greatest degree possible. Do you see what I'm saying, my friends? You see, I have proof and I'm getting ready 
to unleash it when that stronghold would want to exalt itself above the knowledge of the Father inside of me, I am getting ready to refute it. And to the degree that I refute it is to the degree to which it will come toppling down. But if when it comes, I am like, well, I just don't really know if God loves me. And it just all seems, you know, and there we go. And I'm not really sure. And I know what the Bible says, but it doesn't feel like God loves me. And what starts to happen is we're not refuting it with evidence. We are, we are somewhat in a lazy fashion. I want you to hear me carefully. In a lazy fashion, we are just kind of wishing and hoping. We're thinking, what was that scripture? And, and I know that so-and-so said that God loved me, but I'm just not sure myself. Then here is what we need to do is we need to begin to pray. Holy Spirit, give me personal divine revelation knowledge of the love that God has for me. Or you can just begin by faith taking the black and white word of God that says that he loves you and ask Holy Spirit to literally breathe upon it with revelation so that when that thought comes, as often as it comes, in as much as every time it comes, you have to meet it with the truth. We have to be those who are coming into the intimate knowledge of him if we are really going to fight this fight. If we're really going to see the implosion of strongholds, we've got to begin to let there be explosions of truth. And let me tell you, more than likely, God has been planting strategically placed packages of dynamite throughout your life. Maybe you haven't seen them. Maybe you aren't aware of all the times that he protected you and you didn't know it. Maybe you haven't yet seen how he went before you and made a way just to simply have Christ die on the cross before you ever knew to even ask him for anything. Maybe it's that you haven't yet realized that he got people ready for you so that when you were ready, they were there to pray for you, to lead you to him, to disciple you. And you haven't yet really seen the value of all that he has done on your behalf just because he's good and just because he loves you. And so there comes this place where, boom, explosions of truth begin to cut loose. And, and I love the way that it happened on a, on a show that I saw one time. I saw that they were getting ready to implode a huge stadium. I think it was in Dallas several years ago. And the, it took months, like months and months of engineers and, and workers and, and architects and all of these people working months and hours to get ready and so the whole time that they were placing the packages of dynamite day in and day out, weeks were turning to months, the whole time that all the crews were out there working to get the stadium prepared for the implosion, they were also running a contest in the Dallas area, if I remember this correctly, 
as to who would be in the remote location that would actually press the button that would set off this series of explosions that would bring down this massive, massive Colosseum. And amazingly enough, the person that they found after all these months of all these grown-up adults and engineers working hours and hours, days upon days to get this uh, Colosseum ready for destruction is that a little boy, I think he was about 10 years old, won the contest. So I loved it when I saw this, is that there he was in a remote location, and he's standing there, this little 10-year-old just smiling away. And the um, the uh, lead architects, the lead engineers were all there standing with him, and they had a big countdown. And at just the right time, they said, okay, son, just press that button. And he reached his finger out with that little finger. He pressed that button and all of a sudden, man, boom, boom, boom. All those explosions began to go off and the building began to implode. That controlled collapse began to come down. And I thought to myself, wow, (laughs) that is how it happens in life, isn't it? This is how it happened with Peter. You know, God was trying through Christ Jesus to show Peter all of these places of the strongholds of self inside of him as he walked with Jesus. And Peter was like, no, I don't think that's true. No, I don't think that's going to happen, Jesus. And at every point, (laughs) Peter is like rebuking Jesus. No, Jesus, I don't think that's necessary. I don't think we, what do you mean go to the cross and die? What do you mean go to Jerusalem? I thought we were getting ready to take down these Romans and we are getting ready to be seated on the thrones of control here on the earth. Isn't that what we're going to do? And even when Jesus would say things like, Peter, you are minding the things of man, not the things of God. I mean, even right there towards the end, as Jesus is going to the cross, Peter takes out his sword and cuts the guy's ear off. And Jesus is like, excuse me, I need to put this ear back on, you know, because forgive my disciple. He doesn't understand. This is the will of my father for me to go. All right. And and Jesus picks up the ear and puts it back on the guy and continues on. Okay. And Peter is like, what is happening? Peter is being disillusioned slowly but surely about Jesus because the Jesus that he is thinking that he's following is not actually the Jesus that he is following and the one that he will follow right up into his own death. So it's a, it's, I wish I had more time to give you more of that process, but this is so powerful because listen to me, what was the explosions that were set off in Peter's life on that dark night of his soul was a little girl by the fire. Here, Jesus and Peter had walked together and Jesus had told him, Peter, when the the cock uh, crows three times, uh, you know, you're going to deny me. Peter is like, that's not possible because I am so for you. I mean, all these other slackers are going to give up on you, Jesus. They'll desert you, but not me, which this is exactly the self-confidence that Jesus was going after. This was exactly one of the strongholds that was getting ready to have to implode. And this is a part of what had to happen for Peter. In the practicalities of everyday life, when there's going to be explosions of truth that bring implosions of strongholds, all right, it happens as we are going. It might even be in places that we can't even imagine that this would need to happen. 
Why would I need a controlled collapse? I mean, I'm believing the truth. It's all these other people that are believing these lies. And then the Lord has to work in us so deeply. So what was happening with Peter was that really all along he's walking with Jesus and he would have a minor offense here and there and he would get kind of confused and try to straighten Jesus out and he just began, but the closer they got to the time of the cross, the more Peter's disillusionment um, with himself and with Jesus began to grow. And, you know, because Peter had had a revelation of Jesus, but he hadn't yet had a revelation of self. Let me say that again. Peter had had a revelation of Jesus, but he had not yet had a revelation of his own strongholds of self. And so it's very possible that many of you, like me, had had a revelation of Jesus, but you've not had a revelation of the strongholds of self that are still within you. All right, so when we go back to the this time in Peter's life, they get to the this night and things are happening. Man, Jesus is all bloodied and beaten and, and Peter sees him in the courtyard. And Peter is thinking, that is not the Jesus that I know. And boom, here comes this little uh, girl at the fire and she says, aren't you with him? Peter's like, no, I don't know this Jesus Now, I don't mean to put a twist on scripture, but I'm just saying it might be possible that Peter wasn't acting like he just never knew Jesus, like as I've never been introduced to him. Maybe part of what we're hearing in there as this stronghold is coming down is there are explosions of truth that Peter's having to see about himself, that Peter is having to see that he had one view of Jesus and he was about to come into Uh, the true view of Jesus, and really see self for what it was and see Jesus for who he really is. And what happens is three times this young maiden girl at the fire pushes Peter's buttons, pushes and pushes those buttons. And Peter is like, ultimately, like, I don't know this guy. No, I do not know him. No, I am not with him. And boom, The cock crows and Peter awakens and realizes I have denied him. All of my strongholds of self have ultimately denied the Lord Jesus. And this is the place all of us need to come to. You see, I'm not here to help you just have like give up your negative attitude for a positive attitude. A lot of people are trying to renew their negative thoughts with just more happy, positive thoughts. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here for what the scripture says is that we have got to bring down strongholds of self, strongholds of fleshly thinking that are still resident within our souls that keep blocking and becoming barriers to the life of Christ within us, filling and flooding us so that it can fill and flood the whole sphere of influence that we have around us. These are important days that we've got to begin to fight the right fight. We've got to let the fog come up off the battlefield. We've got to stop boxing the air. We have to come uh, to a place that we're no longer just trying to trade in negative thoughts for positive thoughts. We've got to come to trade in hell's thoughts towards God that are exalting themselves right within us and exchange them for the mind of Christ, the very thoughts of the Son of the living God, and those become our thoughts and our ways of thinking. This has tremendous impact upon how we're going to live in this day and time. So, 
we're going to continue this uh, in the next podcast. So I'm going to stop here, but I want to encourage you. If you are willing to have explosions of truth, there can be implosions of strongholds right inside of you. If you are willing to begin to prove wrong by evidence that you are coming into the true knowledge of your Father, that He loves you, that He is for you, and you're willing to let Holy Spirit bring that revelation to you so that you're not just wishing and hoping, but you are fighting with sharp, sharp, intimate knowledge of the Father, then I believe that you can begin to see a controlled collapse of strongholds that have kept you bound for quite some time. Now, there'll be way more for us to talk about next time, but I'm glad that I was able to at least share this much with you today. So remember, my friends, explosions of truth will bring implosions of strongholds. It's a strategic uh, truth for this time in our lives. All right? I hope that we'll be together again next time. And I thank you. I thank you for being willing to face the things that are going on in your lives so that God can begin to cause you to walk in greater depths of freedom. If you'd like information on how to book Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, visit nancymccready.com.